Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Good evening and welcome to a Higher Ground, this Wednesday night edition, the first day of spring. Can you believe that? First of September. I tell you what, outside here in Sydney town at least, uh, spring is in the air and uh, we are 24 hours or less than that away from the very first game of the final round of the season. Round 25 before we embark on the finals journey and still so much to be decided in terms of not just the teams that that make up the top eight, but where do they finish? And we already know that a number of teams that can't really do much in the final round, um, they have rested a stack of players. Melbourne Storm rested a stack of players. Parramatta, same can be said for them. Also, South Sydney resting a heap of players. Not so the Penny Panthers. They're pretty much full strength uh, for their clash against the Eels because they know that they still have a chance of winning the minor premiership. I'm not sure of the prize money. I think it might still be $100,000. I don't think that's changed for many, many years. But the prestige of getting the JJ Gilton and Shield, that's up for grabs. Keep in mind, they won it last year as well, and that didn't seem to help them uh, on grand final day. But I'm sure if they can, they'd love to, again, be crowned minor premiers. For that to happen... Of course, they have to beat Parramatta and uh, hope that Melbourne Storm get beaten by Cronulla Sharks. What are your thoughts on all these teams resting players at the uh, the end of the season? What are your thoughts on it? Let me know. If you want to pick up the phone, I know it's late night, but we're here. We'll take your call. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Surely the club or the coach has got the right to do what he, what he thinks is best for the team, hasn't he? I mean, who are we to criticise? Yeah, I guess we're the ones that fork out the money for the season tickets and all that. Do we deserve to go and watch our team, a full-strength team? Or as a fan, do you sort of say, if you're an Eels fan, Brad, Arthur, I know what you're doing. Not a problem. Go for it. Do what you think's best. I seem to think that's the way fans would think, wouldn't they? Just do what you think's best that's going to give us the best chance uh, come week one of the uh, the finals. So it all kicks off then. The final round, the Raiders against the Roosters. Roosters, they're full, pretty much full strength. I mean, they haven't got a whole lot to choose from, such as their um, problems with injuries and retirements so far this year. Raiders, full strength. Must win for the Raiders. For them to play finals footy or to be even a chance of playing finals footy, the equation's simple. They have to roll the chooks tomorrow night in Mackay. Uh, as I say, the Sharks and the Storm, that's on Friday. Sharks win, they're in. Simple as that. Storm win, minor premiership is there. Simple as that. Eels against the Panthers. Eels can't go any higher or lower, really. But as I say, the Panthers, they're full strength, pretty much gunning for the minor premiership. That is the later game on Friday. Then we roll through to the Broncos and the Knights. Broncos improving, aren't they, over the past few weeks? Can't make the finals, of course. Newcastle, they're already in. They can't go any higher, can't go any lower. And so, like a number of other clubs, they are also resting a few key players. Uh, The likes of uh, Jaden Braley, Mitch Barnett, uh, and Jacob Saifidi as well. Cowboys can't make the finals. Sea Eagles, they're pretty much full strength. They're going in and they're desperate to seal the fourth position, where they currently sit. $1.5 
A win for the cow against the Cowboys. They stay in the top four. Bunnies and Dragons. Bunnies can't really change where they finish. Um, third or fourth. Uh, or second, rather. Second or third or fourth. They're in the top four. Um, they take on the Dragons. And Wayne Bennett has chosen to rest a number of players. Titans against the Warriors. Nothing to play for the Warriors. But Gold Coast Titans, if the Raiders have lost, if the Sharks have lost, well, they can still make the eight. Then we got West Tigers against the Bulldogs. <laughs> Nothing to play for there for either of those two teams other than pride. So there you go. We're coming into the final round of the competition. Love to hear from you, or you can shoot me a text, 0457 736 736. We're going to be talking um, to, a, to a couple of people tonight about teams resting players. We're going to drop into uh, the national capital and um, talk to the Green Machine podcast. Mike Stevenson there. He's going to have a chat to us as well um, about his team's season. I'm keen to find out what he thinks of it so far. Yeah, Raiders still a chance of making the eight. But, you know, it's been a pretty disappointing season, hasn't it, for them on uh, a number of fronts. We'll drop in and have a chat. Uh, the boys from Talking League, um, the Talking League podcast, and uh, we'll replay a few of the interviews from today as well and all the general news that is around, the fallout from Latrell Mitchell saga. It continues as well. So plenty for us to uh, to talk about. Be a part of the show, won't you? Uh, you're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Thank you, man. Russian. Yeah, he's done well, My hasn't pleasure. he? Uh, this is great. So it is the first day of spring, someone told me today. It's September the 1st. And I thought, geez, is it really? That means it's my birthday. So go. thanks, mate. And here I am working oh, and he's got happy me. birthday. Thank you. He's got me a, a plate of um, Krispy Kreme donuts uh, with candles and burning, might I add, in this studio. I'm not too sure about the health and safety <laughs> rules around this joint. Let me just hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Blow yeah, these things out. Great radio, this. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Thank you. Well, there, you yeah, there, there we go. go. There, there we go. go. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I've just uh, here on this other plate is a um, bit of chocolate mud cake. So my kids got me Healthy the cake. Evening. Yes. Uh, I might take those home and divvy them up with the, the three, yeah, yeah, three kids because you got it. me three Krispy Kremes. I didn't even think of that. So that's worked that's out beautiful. well, That's beautiful. Thanks, champion. Beautiful. Well done. Well done. Um, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, me. But we're not here to talk about me. Although we, we generally sometimes go down that pathway because uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, get in touch if you'd like to. The text line is 0457 736 736. And the open line, if you are up late, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. After 10 o'clock, though, we do have a rule, the six-pack rule. You know how it goes. If you've had uh, more than six sherbets, we strongly recommend, strongly recommend you only send us a text. If you've had under six bevies... Feel free to pick up the uh, the Al Capone and uh, give us an SG ball. Big win by Parramatta last weekend. We're still, some of us, raising our eyebrows and some of us haven't heard the old Parramatta theme song for quite some time. Wide is his blow and his hands move quick. The ringer looks around and he's beaten by a blow and curses the old snagger with the blue-bellied Joe. Well... Blue Belly Joe is a sheep with its stomach completely bare of wool. 
that right? Uh, a snagger is a lucky fella. Is that right? I tell you someone, I tell you what, someone that loves that song. In fact, it's number one on his playlist, right? It's it's his go-to song is uh, 60s from the Cumberland Throw. 60s, how are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. Uh 39 today, is that right? You're 39? Well, depends what um, depends what sort of um, page you're reading. Uh, there are various ages. Um, Wikipedia might be different to some uh, online um, social platforms, if you know what I mean. But a little bit older than that, 60s. Still a bit younger well, than you. happy birthday anyway, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somewhat, you. somewhat, mate. Happy birthday. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, rewind a few days. My goodness, where on earth did that come from? Mate, I, I, I have to be honest, and you know how uh, passionate I am as an Eels supporter, I really didn't see the enormity of that performance coming. I thought um, I thought a couple of boys were, were really impressive. Isaiah Papali in the middle, Junior Paulo in the middle. He was immense. And that, that chase, that, that play on, on Addo Carr, that sort of summed it all up, didn't it? You've got the biggest, the biggest frame, the biggest unit in the game, chasing the fastest man in the game. And look, I know it wasn't a, a big chase, but he got him. It was more the effort and the attitude. There was a collection of winning moments throughout the game. If you talk, think about rugby league, like match plans aside, and you talk about effort plays, the team that wins probably the most of those effort moments through a game is going to go a long way towards winning it. And there was certainly plenty of those when it came to um, especially defensive plays. Another one is on top of juniors. The other one that I want to highlight is Dylan Brown's chase when he he literally covered three Melbourne players in a chase back after Mitch Moses' kick had been caught on the field. And and that just happened to be um, Hughes, um, Pappenhausen, Mm. and um, Nico Hines. Not a bad... No. Triple play to make on those players. Yeah, no, it was a huge effort. It was a great effort. And it just goes to show, you know, you. And I don't know if I spoke to you about it, or I certainly spoke to a few people. I was actually calling that game, and I said, "Well, it's win-win for me because we're either going to see Melbourne Storm break this all-time record of twenty straight wins, or we're going to see what would be possibly the upset of the season." And we got the latter, the latter. And let's hope that it's, um, you know, that's the spark that that Brad's team needs that can show them. You know, people say, are they really contenders? Well, you know what? If you've beaten the Premiers twice out of two meetings this year, I'm sorry, you have to be contenders. You have to be seriously in the conversation. Um, I don't know how what you think about that or, or your fans are thinking about that, but you're there and, and anything can happen. A lot of Team 60s are resting players this weekend. Your boys are resting a number of players as well. Um, if I go through the team just sheet, a few. Just, a, just, <laughs> just a few, it's pretty much unrecognizable, unrecognizable. Um, now there's a good reason for Brad Arthur doing that. You know, it's not must win for you boys, but more to the point, I think there's a number of players that just in case he does need to call on them in the finals, they haven't played football for a very long time. And that is the consequence of having a New South Wales uh, cup competition that's been suspended since, well, it was actually called off since, what, about round 15? So, I mean, what can you do? You, you have to, you, you can't really get that match fitness from training, can you? And mm. that's, once you start to go into the end of year finals matches and you've got blokes that you might have to call on that haven't played for nearly three months, 
kiss it to risk. And, and yeah, I can actually see there's a whole lot of um, reasons, I think, that you'd, that you'd play those players this week. First of all, you've got that aspect of resting the players and ensuring that you've got players who are fit and healthy going into the semifinals. You've got, as you've mentioned, given game time to players who might be needed to be called on. Mm. And I think, thirdly, there's a, there's something to be said for uh, raising the, um, the the club spirits of those players who are doing a lot of training. Absolutely. And it's, you know, that's, that's half the squad that are training and not getting any match play, maybe not feeling as much of the campaign as what yeah. they might normally be. And, and I think that really does help with the uh, the mental side and the and the spirit within the club, absolutely, absolutely. Particularly given there's no no second tier competition at the moment, you know these, these guys, I imagine few of them would, would would feel a bit like you know spare parts. But this is you're right. It's a it's not just the seventeen you field each week. It is a club. It's a club effort all the way through. So I I, I didn't even think about that to be honest with you. So we got the likes of Makahesi Makatoa. Um, he'll make his his starting debut, I guess. Uh, I've been impressed with him. Bryce Cartwright comes into the starting team. Keegan Hipgrave, Ray Stone all come into the starting pack as well. No Gutherson, no Moses, no Dylan Brown, no Nathan Brown, no Junior Paulo. He's suspended. No Papa Lee and others as well. What are your thoughts on this, though? You see, Penrith are feeling their strongest possible team, we, we think, because they still are a chance of winning the minor premiership. They're hoping that the Sharks can beat an understrength Melbourne Storm team. The Storm resting a few players. Now, if the Storm do win that, well, the minor premiership is wrapped up. So then what do yeah. the Panthers do? Um, I guess they can't really rest any players then because they've already posted their their team sheet. It's all very tricky, isn't it? Because a lot of games will have already been played and they're going to influence the outcome or, or the input that coaches might use into to other games. I lived in London for a number of years and over there with the Premier League 60s, um, the final round of the season, it's, it's a shakedown Sunday or whatever it's called. They all start at the same time. I'm starting to think that it might yep. be a good thing to bring into the NRL sometime in the future. That would be like a back to the future, wouldn't it? Where you're sitting at the at the match and you're waiting on the uh, mm. uh, PA announcement of the of the scores in all the games, and you know sitting on the edge of your seat. So uh, it would be an exciting conclusion to the season. Although I, I don't know with um, uh, the telecast no. broadcast rights whether we'd ever get to that again. No, no chance, no chance whatsoever. Uh, but it would be interesting, wouldn't it? You'd actually probably have the players all sit down, or in the middle of the match, they'd be very carefully listening around the, the grounds we go and they hang on boys stop just let's tune, tune in what's what's happening uh, up there at Mackay between uh, the Raiders and the Roosters um before we talk about the Eels again who slides into the eighth position 60s gee that's look I'm I'm going to suggest that it's going to be Cronulla mm. I think that they, I think they, um, they might just have enough to get over the storm this week, and that's a that's a big call in itself because even yeah. when the storm rests players, they are still a mighty unit, um, mm. and it's they've got the they've got the upper hand at the moment in terms of their for and against. So uh, there is every every team there can be losing, and they'll still uh, they'll still qualify. So. Uh, but again, it's like, you know, you're waiting to see what happens with Cronulla. You're waiting to see what happens with the Titans. All of those things will have a bearing on the Sharks. So, mm. uh, But they're, they're my tip. Um, but 
by the same token, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders sneak in, and and it'd be just it'd be just as likely that they do. And if that happens, you've almost got a top eight, which was close to predictable at the start of the season. Yeah. Maybe you only swap out the Titans and Manly mm. because probably people wrote Manly off and, and tipped the Titans to be in the eight. Mm. But it, it's pretty close to what most people would have tipped. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for for what it's worth, um, I think I think the Raiders will get eighth. I think the the Sharks will lose to Melbourne. I think the Raiders will beat the Roosters, and so sixth is what that means is you boys will play the Raiders week one of the finals. I think is that how it would work out? I think it might do if they are. Uh... Yeah, it, it, well, I suppose that depends on what happens um, with the scores yeah. with Parramatta mm. and uh, and Penrith because. It, 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 you know, mm. we have to acknowledge the fact that it is um, a, a lot of players missing from the Parramatta team. Mm. There could be the chance it gets ugly Blowout. against yeah. Penrith. I don't want to think that way, but mm. you know, there's a, there'll be a golf in class, won't there, in the players that are out there on the field, and that's just being honest. Mm. If Melbourne have won, though, uh, a couple of hours previously, well, the Panthers don't have as much to play for, do they? So that might be... No. It might count in your favour. Uh, talking of your team, there yeah. a number of unknowns there, really. Um, and I think I'm right in saying, is there, is there one or two or a couple of debutants? Certainly one. Um, and I was reading it this afternoon, and I couldn't even pronounce his name. Tell us more. Uh, okay, so... First of all, there's only uh, six players in that lineup that have had over 50 NRL games wow. and seven players with less than 10. So um, the, the people, that, the players you're alluding to, you've got Kai Rodwell, yes. who's making yeah. his debut off the bench, and you've also got Samuel Loizu. Is that Matt, who's, Matt's who's young fella? His... Uh, sorry? Is that in relation to Matt? Matt is that uh, Matt, Matt? No. Um, Matt Rodwell. No, 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 not that I'm aware of. No relation. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So he 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 does come from the bush, and um, he was playing with uh, South early in his career. He he did make the twenties um, New South Wales twenties Origin team right. back back a couple of years ago. So he's only twenty two years of age, and I think he's been to South and also to West before he's. Uh, lobbed at Parramatta this year, yeah, okay. so he's making he's making his debut. He's he's actually had a very very solid uh, New South Wales Cup season. I wouldn't be surprised to see him added to the squad next year. Uh, perhaps perhaps under a development contract mm-hmm. because he's he just doesn't have the uh, NRL experience. So that's a possibility for next year. As I said, uh, very solid year in New South Wales Cup. Mm, okay, and fullback. So uh, is it a Kiwi boy? Who would have thought you got two players in your team in the outside backs in the back five with a, a, a first name Hayes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not the most uh, most common name. Uh, it's different spelling, but uh, mm. same pronunciation. Um, so yeah, Hayes Perham. He joined the club partway through this season. He actually was on loan from the Warriors, Warriors yeah. early in the in the year, and. Um, then he became a full transfer to the club. So uh, he's he's really a utility player, can play a number of positions, basically from the halves through to outside backs and fullbacks. So uh, be looking for him to, uh, I suppose, stake his claim to be part of uh, uh, consideration for the top team next year. Mm. Uh, my phone is just frozen on me. My, my website has as well. Hang on, no, it's, it's alive again. Uh, the player I was um, keen to get your opinion on 
if the mad Russian can't even help me, um, I couldn't pronounce his name. Ah, uh, Samuel uh, Loizu, Loizu, Loizu. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Samuel Loizu. Yeah, more about yeah. him. So he's probably he. Well, he is the youngest player that's in the uh, Eels NRL squad. So he's on a development contract. Right. He's come through the uh, Rouse Hill Rhinos, the same as uh, a couple of the other debutants this year with uh, Jake Arthur. Uh, Sean Russell and uh, Will Penasini. So yes. it, you can tell they're a very strong junior club. Absolutely. And um, and Samuel also uh, was one of the uh, youngest Australian schoolboys uh, a couple of years back when he was selected as a 16-year-old. So he's 18 years of age. I don't think he turns 19 till November, December. So, yeah, um, yeah very young. Um, can play, again, a bit like Hayes. He could play anywhere from... Uh, in the halves to uh, the outside backs. And um, he's been playing centre and, and wing, mostly in uh, in Jersey flag this year. He's had a couple of New South Wales Cup games. But as I said, he's been part of the full-time squad all season. So um, BA's decided to give him a, a run, as you know, like many of the others that have been part of the full-time squad and, and are getting their run. Mm. All right, mate, I appreciate that. It's, it's a big opportunity, a really big opportunity for a number of younger players and fringe players. Uh, you've still got your old stager in there, Blake Ferguson. Um, but let's see how they go eh, against the Penny Panthers and that match on uh, on Friday night. It's the 8 o'clock game. Uh, 60, thanks for jumping on the line. One of your old mates there, the, the one-eyed eel, um, he sent me a text through as well, and he said, happy birthday, Chris. Uh, all the best for a special day. Uh, thrilled with Parra's win against the Storm. And thanks for getting 60s on for a chat. So that's from the, the one-eyed eel. And uh, all the Parramatta fans know know who 60s is. Well, I think they do. And you can you can read more and see more of, of, of this great man, 60s, at thecumberlandthrow.com.au and also the Cumberland Throw webcast. Good luck in the finals, mate. Thanks, mate. I'm sure we'll be talking again on grand final day. Oh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. You shout me or I'll shout you. We'll, we'll, we'll do it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. That's take it. care. That's it. Happy birthday, mate. Thanks, buddy. See, See you. There he is. Good fella. Uh, 60s from the Cumberland Throw. All right, it's coming up to 22 past 10. You're listening to The Higher Ground with the Mad Russian over me, over there and uh, me, Chris Warren. If you uh, want to get in touch like 60s just did, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That is the number to call. Keep those texts coming through as well. Tim, the tool man's tuning in. Good on you, Timo. Um, I'll read your text very shortly in a moment. We'll take a break and back with more. And feeling alive. Hope you are too. The first day of spring. Can you believe it? And 24 hours away or less than that, we have the first game of the final round of 2021. My mm. goodness. It has gone fast, hasn't it? It has gone fast. It's 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 been different. Well, not so much different to last year, really. But we've had to deal with a lot. Mm. Um, but we're getting to the, the sharp end, the pointy end, the business end. Uh, and so many of these teams, we just spoke to 60s there from the Cumberland throw, Parramatta through and through, um, older than me. Can you believe that? 60s. And the name gives it away. So he's obviously born, I think, early, in the early 60s. Mm. I'm born in the very early 70s, which, uh, anyway, we spoke about that. I've had another birthday today. So um, I'm on the downward slope. Oh, that's yeah. selling yourself very short. There, that's Chris, what my dad but... told me today. Did he? Yeah. He give you a call, Raps? Yeah, he called me and he said, well. It's all downhill from here, is it? I said to him, I said, Dad, I think I might need a hip replacement <laughs> because I've had problems, right, with my, my, my gluteus minimus maximus butt, basically, mm. butt, left butt cheek. 
been giving me all sorts of grief, as you know, for a few months. So I went to the physio and um, she gave me this sort of Pilates to do. But she said, look, don't you're too young to, to be having a hip replacement. Mm. I said, I think so too. I feel young. Um, and you're only as young as the woman you feel. Well, isn't that the saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not doing any of that at the moment. But I'm shouldering up. No, no. Yeah, shouldering. Yes, thanks. Stay away from that one. Um, uh, so my old man said, yeah, well, because he's had both hips replaced. He said, well, son, you know, Runs you're not getting any younger. I said, thanks, thanks, Dad, thanks. And um, he said, you're on the other side now. Hi, oh. Jeez. I know. Surely there's some highlights to come in this life of mine. Oh, must be. Has to be. I haven't, I've done nothing career-wise yet. I mean, this is great. <laughs> but working with you late nights through the, you know, the midnight shift. Oh, but come on, we've both got, we've got bright futures, haven't yeah. we? Well, well you lucky. certainly should have. You're 23. I hope so. I'm double yours plus a few. Well, it's hope for anyway, everyone, isn't it? It's not about you and me. No, it's not about well, you and me Can we stop talking about you and me? Where was it going? Where was it going? Um, age, no. Physio, no. Rabs, no. Rest. Rest. There you go. Rest. There's a segue in there somewhere. Oh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry, before we go to rest. Yeah. Uh, so I had the, the scan yesterday on the hip. Mm. Went and saw the hip. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. They printed them out. I've got that. Yep. So I'm looking at the x-rays. Looks mm. okay to me, but I don't know much about x-rays. Mm. Could be a roadmap I'm looking at. It looked okay. But anyway, so the physio, she gave me these, um, um, what do you call it? Pilates. Intense things. Right. Like, intense session of just core muscle, little muscles. Mm. It's, I've never done it. Really hard. Mm. Right? Really hard. But not, you're burning. Not weight bearing. No. So that's... No, just I your like body that. weight. Just, just flexing lower abs and doing mm. all these little, little muscles, core muscles. Mm. Burn, baby, burn. I tell you, yeah. what, wouldn't you believe, you know, that pain Go I was on. feeling yesterday, I'm not feeling it today. I mean, I've had it for four months. Magic so there physios. might be, well, I'll stay with this. It might also be because I pumped a few anti-inflams into me as well. Well, I'll so let you know. There's your test. I'll let you know. Yeah, anyway, yeah, good. Pilates. Mm-hmm. Pilates. Um, yeah, rest. What are your thoughts at home on rest? To rest or not to rest, that is the question. To rest or not to rest. Uh, there are varying opinions on it. Mm. I'm of this opinion here. Excuse me. Um, still just chewing on some of that birthday cake there. Look, if you're, you've got your team in a position where you are able to rest players, well, more power to you. Mm. More, it means you've had a pretty successful season. If you've come to this point and you're in a position where you are able to rest players – because the result of this game in the last round doesn't really impact your finals, I think go for it. Can I add an element to this? Of course you I can. I think when you're having seasons, you're second in charge in this year. Of course with you can. Playoffs, finals format like the NRL does. If you are having teams that are able to rest players for a week or a couple of weeks, mm. it's an indication your season is too long, mm-hmm. that the competition is too spread out, and that there is no jeopardy on those last couple of games for quite a few teams, even in terms of jostling for possession, uh, for positions mm. and particularly without home ground advantage. So I think the NRL would be best served. By less actually, is more. Less is more. Less is more. We mm. have the finals. We have this terrific thing coming up that we're all looking forward to anyway. I, The last two rounds for me have just done nothing. I'm I'm not excited for this. Yeah, weekend. but that's because I wasn't excited yes, for last but that is weekend. because this is a bit of a different season than previous years, mm. really. Because we knew really early on we had a breakout top six. Yeah, 
you don't normally have a breakaway top but six. Even the gap between those teams, Chris. Mm. Like Manly, Manly can't go anywhere this week. This game after well, they can. Well, they can. They could. But what are the odds? If they lose to the Cowboys and the Eels beat the Panthers, Eels get fourth, don't they? And what are the odds of that? Not very. Yeah, not very. That's big. what I'm talking. Like it's yeah. There's just not enough jeopardy. And well, that's what makes sport interesting. There's a lot for that. Mm. Maybe we are we are too, trying to get too much. You know, we're flogging the the horse, mm. flogging the horse too much. You know, um, killing the goose that lays the golden egg. You're trying to squeeze too much. How many cliches can I roll away? <laughs> You're trying to squeeze too much juice out of this uh, this orange. Mm. You know, um, but then the other side of the coin is too. People would say, well, you should really have a longer season. So it is a, a, a typical home and away fair season where you play each other home and away once. I th- right? So, And then there's no imbalance in the draw at all. I can see that argument, but then why have finals? Then I'm of the opinion you just do just what they do in the post. England. Mm. First past post. Mm. Well, well, you know that the officials, um, those that run the game, are open to change. They're open to changing Not things. Not to changes that don't. Don't make them any more money. Mm. I would argue is the the basil on that. The basil, yes, the basil, basil. Um, Ricky Stewart, shall we Mm. hear what he had to say on resting players? If we want to start criticising coaches for resting players to give themselves the best shot to win a semi-final, it's pretty disappointing because you're doing everything you possibly can to win a a semi-final. That means resting players. Good on you. You've earned the opportunity to do that uh, throughout a very, very tough season. Yes, and then there is also the argument, maybe, do we do what the AFL did? They're not doing it this year. They did last year, didn't they, um, with the the buy round before the finals? Yeah, nah, because they were having problems with teams yeah. tanking. Tanking, yeah, which wasn't even a word I knew what meant, really, until the AFL started doing and Melbourne did it, didn't they, mm. big time a, a couple of years ago. Um, so there's Ricky's thoughts. I don't go for it. Good good luck to you. And this is a different – it's different this year because of this as well. And, and as we just spoke to 60s about that, there's a – a heap of players, a glut of players at every club that have not played footy. Hardly played any footy mm. for almost a year. Yeah. And, you know, let's say you do get a run of injuries next week. Well, it's happened, hasn't it? We're seeing a lot of injuries this year. What if Parramatta do get four or five injuries this mm. weekend against Penrith? Touchwood doesn't happen, but could. Mm. Who do they call on? A couple of no-namers that haven't played for six months? Mm. You know, so there's a few boys there that come through the Rouse Hill Rhinos. They're getting a shot, and it won't be much. It'll only be a game, but at least they've had a game of footy. Um, and have never never played under these rules, by mm. the way. There's another. Never played under these rules before. Mm. So, look, I think go for it. If you put yourself in that position, um, go for it. Keep those texts coming through. Um, 0457 736 736, 25 to 11 it is. We're here until midnight. Uh, Mad Russian, I have to disagree with you. Uh, this weekend is a super exciting game. There are so many changes to the ladder which uh, could eventuate. Three teams fighting for eighth. Three teams fighting for a spot in the top four. Plus two going for the minor premiership. Um, no name on that, uh, but I agree. I agree with that person there. I think there's a lot riding on this weekend. Mm. A real lot riding on this weekend. And as I said to 60s, wouldn't it be good if all games started at the same time? There's another idea that will only be brushed because it won't It'll be bring them anymore. No, I know. I know, because there's no. ka Unless you can work out a way to get ka for that. Well, it's streaming the way to do that. I because there what? is actually well, a way to put eight games on now and have them available to be 
to watch. You're so not some can be on nine. by TV. Some exactly. can be on nine. Some can be on Fox. Some can be on KO. Exactly. Mm, who They're... gets what? All that sort of stuff. Or do we leave the final round of the new TV rights deal? The final round is left out. Someone buys just that. Mm. Mm. I like it. Just that. And then it's Shakedown Sunday. Are you a fan of that? Splitting. I don't want to go on a big no. conversation about that. You're not a fan Too of late. splitting. I can't, be talking, <laughs> I can't be talking broadcast deals with you now. I've just had some chocolate cake, right? Um, it's 25 to 24 to 11 now. All right. Um, stick around. You're listening to Higher Ground with him, the Mad Rusky, and me, Chris Warren. You betcha it is. It's 22-11. I um, hope you've had a lovely day. First day of spring. Um, did you notice too, by the way, did Mad Rusky, did you notice the difference to the smell today out there? It smelled like It smelled flowers. like the first day of spring. Isn't it unbelievable? Oh, no, last night, sitting on my balcony, it was the mm. very first day for six months or so that I've smelt jasmine. Anyone else? I'm telling you. And it all coincided with the first day of spring. Mm-hmm. That's just quirky, that is. Or is that just the way it is? That's why we the have flowers knew, what, The flowers knew that it was September 1, did they? <laughs> did they? It's Don't early. Know. Tim the Tool Man, uh, he's on the line. Uh, Timmy, uh, g'day wa. Uh, what are your thoughts on teams uh, resting players this weekend? Uh, during Origin, we hear how it lowers the standard of the comp. Uh, but we don't hear complaints when they rest players for the last round. Why not? Is it just because it's the last round and we accept it? Tim, the tool man. Um, we complain when they're rested, don't we, around origin? There are some people, Tooley, complaining that you know the team that they want to watch, like Parramatta fans, won't be watching the team that they really want to watch. But I think, I think most fans accept it like this. They put their faith in the coach and whatever the coach thinks is the best for the team and the club, well, they'll back that decision. Mm. I think they understand, don't they? The, the fans, they're pretty smart. They understand why, why their, their coach has chosen to rest players mm. because they're going for the big prize. They're going for the big prize. So I don't think there's too many complaints about it. It is what it is. Um, and it will continue uh, to be that way. It's just the way the season has fallen. You know, if there was a lot to be playing for, you know, for a lot of those teams, well, they wouldn't rest them. But they're in a position, some of them, where it doesn't matter whether they really win or lose. Um, Sharks are not in that position. They'd love to win. They beat Melbourne. They're in the eight. Mm. Forget about all the other matches. Does not matter. One Hooli. They're in the eight. But if they lose to Melbourne, well, then, you know, they're looking over their shoulder, aren't they? Even the Titans are still a chance of slipping into the eight. If the Sharks were to lose and the Roos and the Raiders were to lose, um, the Titans can still slip in, even though they're two points behind them, if they overcome a pretty big differential. Um, g'day, fellas, from Anthony. Uh, hey, fellas, if the Raiders lose and the Sharks lose... Oh, here we are. Yeah. If the Raiders lose and the Sharks lose by 13 and Titans win by 10, that would mean Titans and Sharks end up on same points and, wow, and same for and against. Raiders, same points, um, uh, same point inferior for and against. So who takes out eighth position? Titans or the Sharks? Does it go on the team with the most points scored for the season? Yeah, Anthony, there would be a count back. They'd firstly go back to the number of games they won, but that's equal. Mm. Um, And it would be something like that on whichever team has scored the most, I think. My information, I think I remember Vossi talking about this a couple of years ago, actually, similar yeah. situation. Yeah. It goes back to try scored. Yes. And then 
if that's not able to be split. If they're equal? Quintos. No. Yes. There's a billion dollars being invested in this game. Are you telling me that a club, a team can get but into what, the finals on a coin toss? What are the odds? Not of the big bash. The, prize? The, the bat flip. Well, okay, that brings up another, you know, when England won the World Cup on oh. boundaries, you know. Yes. That's ridiculous. But, yeah, what are the odds of two teams having the same amount of tries scored over a 25-game season? 25-round mm. no. season. No, no. Next to nothing. But, you know, this is the year of crazy That's very crazy true. stuff happening. I was about to swear. You know, swear on the 1st of September of all days. Mm. Um, Manly have got three players outside backs, num- wing, wings and fullback, both wings, 20 tries. Who would have thought? There's some crazy goings on. Well, so that, but that actually makes it less likely. The fact there are more tries being scored makes it less likely that there's two teams mm. on the same amount of tries, tries scored. I was just going to uh, there was a there was a text in there. Keep those texts coming through. I was going to read it out, but it's gone. Uh, g'day, Chris. Uh, did you go for an ocean swim today to celebrate the birthday? Your favourite statistician. Um, honest prediction, Chris. Uh, for Parramatta, please. Can they win the comp? Hang on, these aren't. The, oh, are these the same? They are. So this is the one-eyed eel. Is he back on deck? This guy's got one-eyed arrow though. Unless it's one ideal and he's had a couple of Sherbys. Typo. Yeah, they do it. Do you rec- recognise that number? Uh, did I go for an ocean swim? You bet I did. It was beautiful. What a gorgeous day in Sydney. Um, I did. I did. I did. I did. I went for a, a 2K ocean swim out there. Didn't see any sh- any shadows or anything like that. Beautiful. Just the budgies. Just the budgies. You were talking mad, Russian, about rule changes and, and changes to the competition. Mm. And, and I said to you sort of tongue-in-cheek, well, this current – group of officials leading the game they they don't mind changing a few things so you never never know mm-hmm. um but it all counts on the ching ching doesn't it that's what it's all about mm. um nick politis has been around the game for so so long and uh, he he owns the roosters basically he is the godfather of the roosters he's been with the club for so long and and he's done very very well for himself uh, in the commercial world um and he's got a lot of clout too a lot mm. of clout People listen to Nick. Um, I see, uh, I was reading today that uh, he he's not too happy with, with Gus Gould. I think they, uh, over Gus's um, comments around the Latrell Mitchell, uh, but, you know, those two are grown men and they'll, they'll sort that out over a, um, a macchiato or two, I'm sure. Uh, either way, I'm getting off, off point. Uncle Nick uh, is not happy with, the new rules that have been brought in this season. I haven't heard what he's had to say. I personally, and even before they were brought in, I thought, and I said it here many, many times, and, and again, I haven't heard what Nick said. It was too much too soon. Mm. They were throwing in so many rules on the back of new rules last year as well. We had the set restart come in last season. We had the one referee come in again last season. Mm. Then we decided to go bang, 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 bang with another nine, all in this, this new COVID-impacted season. For me, it was too much, and there's a few things I would change as well. But let's uh, let's hear from Nick Politis. You know, you can't keep watching your team losing by 30, 40, 50, 60 points week after week. That's the thing I'm, I'm always uh, arguing with the NRL in that we need to go back to the game we had and we had for a hundred odd years. Right now, we can all predict next year's outcome. You know, the same three or four, or five clubs will be at the top. There won't be a change. 
because you know most of the clubs just haven't got those attacking players. There's not enough of those players to to go around and have all 16 clubs competitive with the new rules. Well, there he is, Nick Polite is talking. Uh, he's talking to uh, Bushy and Silky. Silky and Bush, rather. It's not mm. Bushy. Who's calling him Bushy? He wouldn't like to be called Bushy. <laughs> Did you write this on here? It's Silky and Bush, <laughs> and they're good friends of the show, right? I've put a... Wow, well, yeah, I mean, that could be viewed anyway. Why would you be calling him Bushy? My apologies to Bush if he's listening. Bush would be listening. He'd take great offence to that. <laughs> great offence. His name Bush, mm. I believe, he told me, when he was a youngster, he, he was... How do I put this? Maybe it was uh, perhaps a little, um, I don't know, rotund? Right. Perhaps, mm. maybe, or just a bit cuddly. Cuddly's more like yeah, cuddly. And he, I believe, used to bulldoze his way over from dummy half like a bush pig, <laughs> scoring tries. Um, and I can relate to that because I used to do, I was, wasn't very quick, but I could score one from dummy half close range. I had a, a, a knack of getting in there mm. and finding a little hole and getting that ball over. I was called Bulldog back then when I was uh-huh. tiny. Yeah. So Bushy, uh, Bush and Silky talking to Uncle Nick Politis there. Um, Trent Robinson has been very outspoken too in recent days uh, on the whole Latrell Mitchell incident. He's holding his ground. He's, he's been fined $40,000. Um, my young fella came into the kitchen this morning. He said, Dad, you know Trent Robinson's been fined $40,000? I said, well, I do, mate. Yeah, actually, because I work in I work in radio and I work in rugby league. Um, why? 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 I said, because of the stuff that he said m- mostly in the press conference. And my, my young fella is only 12. And he said, yeah, but it was it was right what he said, wasn't it? And I said, um, okay, yeah, well, you got a point. I, I can't really argue with it, but mm. I said, um, them's the rules, you know. He's not allowed to be critical of uh, of the referees. Why don't we, can we hear from Trent Robinson? Let's do that. I fully understand where the, the fine comes from. I know there's some language that you can't use, um, but I would sit in there and deliver the same post-match press conference that I delivered. Um, and that doesn't mean a disrespect to the NRL. You know, I understand their position, but they've got to also understand my position, um, and, and I stand behind that. They'll be fine. You know, that what happens on the field, I, I know Joey and, and Luttrell, um, and um, of course it'll be mended. You know, I think the way that people uh, have reacted towards Luttrell has been way too much as well. Joey got injured and it, was, it wasn't the, an incident that we wanted, but um, they'll mend their fences and, 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 and so should everyone else. Let's move on. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on from it. And I like the way he put that. They will mend their fences and they will mend their fences. Look, Joey's a lovely bloke and he won't play again this season, right? He's had surgery for that cheekbone, shattered. Latrell, don't know him, okay? He's had his issues, but he's a young bloke that plays the game really, really, really hard. I don't think he's got a vendetta. I don't think anything was intentional with that. It's just the way he plays the game. Now, as I said earlier in the week, when you go in, bullet at a gate, all guns blazing into a tackle like that, the onus is on you to protect the opponent's head. So you've got to put yourself in a position, if you are going to rush in like that at 100,000 miles an hour, you've got to put yourself in a position where, can I get out of this if something goes wrong? And he couldn't. So he needs to adjust it, needs to make some adjustments. And I think the sooner he does that, him and the club and the game 
will be better off. Will the game be better off with expansion? Well, it looks like it's going to happen. Stay with us on higher ground at 7 to 11. Up next, we'll talk about expanding the game. Coming up to 11 o'clock, uh, four minutes to 11. Uh, great to be tuning in. I hope you're, uh, you've had a lovely day, 1st of September, first day of spring. Uh, the one ideal has uh, been back in touch with me on that text line, 0457 736 736. Uh, Chris, yes, I do know the identity, one ideal. I won't give your identity away, but I do know exactly uh, who you are. Uh, come on, who do you think I am? Uh, um, honest opinion, Chris, can Parramatta win the competition from the one-eyed eel? Honest opinion, one-eyed? Uh, no. No, they can't, uh, in my opinion. I'd love them to. My God, I was there when they won the last one. I would love them to, but, you know, they've lost to the Panthers only narrowly. South Sydney put 40 on them. Manly put 50 on them, I think. Uh, they lost to the Roosters. Um, and you know what? They need an X-factor. And that, their X factor is probably Mike Acevo. He's not there anymore uh, for for this the rest of this season. No, it'll be too far for Parramatta. But um, I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. The game is going to expand. Uh, we believe uh, probably in 2024. Now there'll be a second. Uh, well, another team come into uh, Southeast Queensland, and uh, there are three in the race jockeying for it. Two of them, I believe, um, are talking about merging and taking on the the Redcliffe bid. At the moment, for me, it appears Redcliffe is, is maybe in the box seat, maybe in the box seat, given their history, given their wealth, given they could turn things around. They could almost go next season. Um, Scotty Sattler, obviously, works with us, a big part of us here at SEN. He's also uh, part of the bid uh, with the the Jets, and um, there are talks of merging or, or throwing everything into the one basket with the, the Firehawks. Um, he spoke to uh, to Sports Day. Let's have a listen to what uh, Scotty Sattler had to say. On Wednesday, I received a call from a representative from the Firehawks seeing whether it would be willing to open up chats with them about you know, possibly coming together. There were some discussions over the next two to three days and then on Sunday, uh, we got together as, as both bids to discuss the, the possibilities and, and to throw up some options. We Our option was a 50-50 uh, ownership model where both... Uh, bids would um, inject the same amount of money. But from the Firehawks' perspective, it was basically all going to be about not going to be a 50-50. Uh, they wanted to be a majority share. And in the end, it looked like, it looked as though it was going to be a 100% ownership for the Firehawks. From the outset, we both had... We thought we had some alignment when it come to growing the game. Now that we've had those discussions, I think it's fair to say that we don't align with our with our vision for, for Rugby League in South East Queensland. So it's probably best that both bids uh, walk away. In, in essence, I, su- I suppose the Firehawks were probably asking us to disable our entire bid, which has been 10 years in the making. So there it is. That will go on. And uh, I'm not quite sure when that decision will be made uh, by uh, by the NRL, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jake Turpin, uh, he spoke as well um, on the Redcliffe bid. I loved my time in Redcliffe in 2018. Uh, as you said, winning the comp there and... Um, you know, I've been at a few um, Q Cup clubs when I was down south and um, nothing compared to the way that Redcliffe treated everyone and how they run. They, re- they literally run like an NRL club. They're so professional and all the people they got there are, are you know, um, top-notch, you know, people that, you know, have been around the game for a very long time. So there was going to be a club that would get it. I, you know, I back Redcliffe 100%. Yeah, so obviously he would back. He's, he's won a premiership uh, with them, Jake Turpin, um, of, of the, uh, the the Broncos. Um so there it is. And, you know, my, my opinion, look, I don't know enough about these, the, mm. the bids, the ins and outs of it all. Um, but the fact that the Jets and the Firehawks are now, as, as Sats is pointing out, 
sort of coming to the table saying, you know what, a lot of what we're doing here is mirroring each other. Let's jump into bed together. I don't know. I don't know about that. I just think it could get a little bit messy. But you've got Redcliffe and they're almost ready to go. Mm-hmm. Almost ready to go. It's a good stadium, good finances, good leagues club, good heritage. They're existing, good pathways, good catchment area. But again, not from that part of the mm. world. Not from that part of the world. So I don't really have an educated guess. I know a fair bit uh, of what happens around the Canberra Raiders. Um and the surrounding regions down there too. We are going to catch up uh, with the Green Machine. Mike Stevenson, he he runs the Green Machine podcast, does a really good job as well. He's going to talk to us next on Higher Ground. Well, it's almost the business time or business end of the season. One round to play. Uh, Canberra with uh, one game, really, to keep their season alive. Um, coming off a, t- a tough win over the Warriors uh, last weekend, they take on the Roosters tomorrow night. Now, this is what what they need to do. If they win, well, they move above Cronulla ahead of the Sharks' clash with understrength Melbourne Storm on Friday. It's must win any way you look at it for the Canberra Raiders. And uh, to talk all about the Green Machine is the host of the Green Machine podcast, Mike Stevenson. Mike, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm, I'm excellent, Chris. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. I, I can't be better. A gorgeous day uh, here in Sydney. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, 24 hours time, we will know if the Raiders season is still alive or not. Um, the feeling in the camp, the build-up, um, any any signs of pressure or cracks showing, and how are the fans feeling? It's a it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Because to be honest, it's either the end of a season that's been a bit of a disaster, quite frankly, or it's the miracle that that, that at times we just didn't expect to happen. So it's kind of it's kind of good either way. It's kind of a put it you out of your misery, or it's a miracle. So I think we're all kind of just like, you know, riding that uh, wave a little bit and whatever comes, comes. Mm. No, you're right. It has been very inconsistent. Um, but, you know, if, if they can if they can win, there's a very, very good chance they'll go into the finals. And as we all know, it might sound like a cliche, but it is a whole new ball game once you get in there. And uh, like they did last year, um, your boys, they, they improved, didn't they, right at the back end of the season um, and strung a, a whole lot of uh, win, wins together. Last weekend, um, beating the Warriors, what a crazy game that was. Down 16 blot, I think it was, 28 unanswered points. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen a better performance by Jordan Rapiner. Yeah, well, he's been spectacular for us. He's been, like, he's actually been pretty much spectacular since the day he walked into first grade for us. So I, I think he's still, like, he had uh, he had a lot of height behind him in 2016 when he was uh, pa- paired up with BJ Lua. But uh, he's just been fantastic for us every single year. And it's, he's, but he's just taken it to another level. And as he's, you know, in the, probably in the twilight of his career, even though he has just signed on for another two years, he's playing fantastic footy and just, really pulling the whole team along with him. He's, he's got that, you know, come with me, guys. Look, look what I can do and mm. lift your game and come with me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he looked like King Kong last week. There was nothing he, he couldn't do. And um, I, I was a, a little bit sceptical of how he, he'd handle fullback. But when, he, when he's been thrown back there, he's, 
He's done a really, really good job. Um, Nickel Klukstar, um, he was good, wasn't he? He was good last week as well. So getting back to, to full fitness. So he will start, um, be named to start at fullback, um, which would push Jordan back to the win. wing. I, bet, I guess that's the only decision that uh, Ricky could come up with, though. Yeah, absolutely. We've had uh, Bailey Simonson, who's shown a bit of form this year. Didn't have his didn't have his best game. Well, to be honest, he got injured. Mm. He dropped he dropped the ball that led to a try, and then uh, got injured not long after it, and was actually up in the line and had our centre Seb Chris back for that second try. That he still, I think, the commentators still gave him the blame for that one, even though he was up in the line. <laughs> I think he was already injured, but he's um, he's out. So yeah, the obvious decision was put Charns back to fullback and, and Raps back to wing. And to be honest, it's not only the only decision, it was the right decision. I, I would have done that if Bailey was still playing, to be honest. I think um, Charnsy looked fantastic. It looked like he'd gotten his feet back after his first week back in first grade. And I think it was time for him to go back into that fullback role. He is, he's probably a better, well, he is a better fullback than than Jordan, as far as I'm concerned. And mm. Rafana basically does all the stuff that he did, did has been doing at fullback from the wing anyway. So mm. I think it's win-win. A lot of teams, uh, I'm talking to Mike Stevenson, by the way, um, the host of the Green Machine podcast and all our Raiders listeners will, I'm sure, know Mike pretty well. Uh, he's been on this program a few times this season as well. A few teams, Mike, are arresting players, uh, teams that haven't got a whole lot to play for and can't really either make um, the finals or, or can't really move anywhere else in the finals, um, heading into the finals, rather. You guys are at full strength, pretty much. Um, Roosters, well, they have to be at full strength. Um, they uh, haven't got that many players to choose from. I might just listen to what uh, Ricky Stewart, I said it's a whole new ball game. This is what Ricky had to say on the uh, the finals race. We're a semi-final team. We're disappointed with where we are on the table and relying on one game and another game as um, results. Yeah, that, it's disappointing, but um, if we didn't have the, uh, the strength in the, the playing group, we, we would have been out of the running two or three weeks ago. Well, I think if you've earned the position of rest players this week, all good on you. Um, I was criticised last year for debuting so many young players who went out and, and, and beat the Sharks. There wasn't too much criticism after it. I mean, if we want to start criticising coaches for resting players to give themselves the best shot to win a semi-final, it's pretty disappointing. We've got a game that wants to expand. We've got a game that wants to go and find uh, another club here in Brisbane. Don't you think it's a positive that we can actually rest players and give another young bloke an opportunity to play first grade or give another guy who's been sitting in the wings for the last four or five weeks to play first grade? We want to talk about expansion. We can't go criticising coaches for resting players at this stage of the season. Yeah, well, there he is, Ricky Stewart. Um, there have been some criticising those clubs that are resting players uh, heading into the final round. Melbourne will be resting a lot of players. Uh, Parramatta resting a lot of players. South Sydney, virtually, um, well, not an unknown team, but a team of maybe a lot of them unknowns as well. What are your thoughts on that? Mike? You can't, there's no argument really, is there? I mean, if you've got to do whatever you can do for your club and your team um, to be the best you can come week one of the finals. Yeah, Ricky's Ricky's spot on with that. There's, it's, and as you said, we did exactly the same last year when we couldn't really make the top four position. So we 
rested a bunch of players mm-hmm. and ended up playing like a, a baby Raiders against the Sharks. And actually, they were good enough to come up with a win and actually, you know, blood some guys that are actually playing first grade this year that have actually had to play a lot of first grade this year. So maybe that mm-hmm. kind of early experience was good for them. But you can't, like, you can't blame a Melbourne for not putting the emphasis on this last round. In saying that, the team's actually still pretty good. So I've, I've got a lot of faith in them that they can actually get the job done against the Sharks. But mm. if you've earned your position and you can't move, there's nothing on the line, you've earned where you are, it, it, it's as simple as, you know, you've got, as you said, you've got to be, the coaches have got to be doing the right thing, resting the guys with niggles, or some of them might actually want to play a full side because they don't have a couple of combinations. Like, for instance, Penrith can't go any lower than second or any higher than first, and they're playing a, a full-strength side to, you know, they might be trying to blow out a few cobwebs. Now, you know, with Cleary, they probably weren't at their best last week, but... Well, they've I'll also, uh, they've also, Mike, week. they've also got their, their eye on the minor premiership too, you know. If they win against the Eels, which they will do, let's be honest, I'm pretty sure they will. And if Melbourne, fielding this understrength team, do get rolled by the Sharks, who must win, uh, we think, um, to make the finals, well, uh, Penrith will become minor premiers back-to-back. So that's why... You're right. Sorry, I was going to say, you're right. And the Panthers will get minor premiers, but the the Panthers were minor premiers last year. Mm. You know, on this crazy run going in, they lost the one that mattered the most. And I think you only get 100K. I don't think that's changed for 30 years. Uh, the prize money for no. my, my premiership's a bit crazy. It's it's funny. I heard a um, actually on uh, on Joel and Fletch on the SEN. I heard them talking about an idea that would be that I think would be fantastic. I think for winning the minor premiership, mm. instead of just going into a into a match against fourth, you should be able to choose which team you want to play out of third and fourth. I reckon that'd be a real incentive for that to get past the post. I actually think, because mm. at the moment you'd be looking at um, what a manly side with a lot of dangerous players or a Latrell LaSouth, uh, the decision seems, you know, almost obvious on who you'd pick. So I, mm. I if they're going to, me- if they're messing with all the other rules at the moment, they might as well make, um, you know, mm. the semi-final structure might be a bit different. Yeah, I don't know about that, Mike. I think we should just stop messing with, with too much, uh, too, too many we key elements to, uh, of the game. But maybe I agree. On there the should, there should be, yeah, no, sure. On the there should be, I think, a bigger incentive to to win the JJ Gilton and Shield, other than just the prestige. I think the prize money probably needs to be a little bit more. Ricky Stewart, Mike, um, he's Canberra through and through. Is he? Is the he the man to take you boys back to the promised land? Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely the man. He's already he's already taken us to. A couple of prelims and a and a grand final. Like, I think he's a bit stubborn. I think the new rules probably weren't the. I, I think they weren't the best for him. I think he. I think he had a style of play that he liked to play, and I think he stuck with it. And the new rules weren't exactly, you know, good for that. So. It's a shame, but I think by the time he gets around to next season, he'll have a new plan worked out. And I think, well, I'm hoping there are a few other things I'd like to see happen uh, in and around the club. But I think you'll, I think we'll be looking at a much more successful 2022 if we do or don't make the semis this year. What are some of the things you'd like to see happen? Need a halfback. Mm. That's that's a that's a big one. But also, I'd like to see potentially a couple of 
um, either experienced signings or like because we haven't signed anyone for next year that's mm. recognised first grader, whether it be from the NRL or from the ESL, from the Super League. Um, I, I think one of the main things that a club needs is a little bit of a change, some new faces, some new ideas to come in. Like when Bateman came into our side, he just brought a competitiveness with him that changed the whole culture of the club. So I, I think we need a couple of new faces, whether it be in, I don't know, in coaching, but as in some of our, like I, I think I actually really like our, um, our coaching system mm. at the moment. I like all the guys there. Brett White's a champion. And I think Ricky is the man for the job, but I'd, I think I'd like to see some more guys brought in into the playing roster that have got a bit more experience. Because I think, even if it's just one or two, just to put a new dynamic into the side. Mm. Um, Jack Whiten, he's shown flashes of, of that Dally M form this year, but I, I say flashes, it's been all too infrequent from him this season. Um, the last couple of games, he seems to have improved uh, quite a bit. What's changed? I'll be honest. I think it's criticism. Yeah. I think it's criticism. He came out like I, I think he was very, very quiet for a lot of the year, and people had had, had just said, "Look, not only was he not doing the the flashy stuff and scoring tries or anything, but he was just quiet." And that was, I think, the biggest problem. And I think he, everyone came out and criticised, and he, he jumped on social media, and I think he wrote something along the lines of. Mama didn't raise no quitter or something like that. And ever since then, his intensity's gone up. So I think he's actually paid attention to it, which is good, because that's all we, anyone ever wanted anyway. Everyone wants to see him playing at his best. And look, I thought he was excellent on the weekend. Mm. I, I thought he, in his defence, he was terrorising some of these Warriors blokes, hitting hard and like... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was almost impossible to... Uh, you know, no one was getting... Actually, to get a defence, despite being 16-0 down, was actually very good in this game. You wouldn't have known it in the first minute when we conceded a try, but um, for the rest of the game, I actually think we were quite good. Oh, rock solid for the rest of the game. They want a better start against the Chooks tomorrow, but if their defence is in order, well, that's what wins uh, big games at the end of the year. Okay, this is a tricky question, Mike, because um, you might have a different answer after in 24 hours' time. So before <laughs> before round one or the end, sorry, round 25, or the first week of the finals, if that happens... Has it been success, failure, or somewhere in between 2021? Oh, the, the year's been a disaster. Hmm. I, I, if, we, if we make the semis, and, like, the only thing that would make it a success is if we can go on from here and actually pull off a miracle, which I, I, I think is very unlikely considering some of the football we've played this year. But the year, especially regular season, has been a disaster. Like, we've lost... To some sides that we would have never expected to. We've blown multiple, we've blown double digit leads, I think six or seven, maybe even eight times from ridiculous amount of times we've blown leads this year. And it's just, it's really, it's been a terrible year. There has been some injuries and things that you can, you know, place part of the blame on, but I don't think the boys would be making any excuses. I really do expect a much bigger and better year next year. But um, yeah, this year's quite honestly, been a disaster for the team. Mm. It's funny how things can change, though. You know, if I was to speak to you in 24 hours, as I say, and let's say you beat the Roosters and let's say that the, the Sharks do get beaten by Melbourne, well, suddenly you're in the finals. Um, I wonder what you'd be saying if, let's say, you were able to make it to the grand final. Well, it's, 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. And look, if we if you can go on a tear and mm. come up with like that kind of football, then of course the, the season becomes a success. But based on the report card we've seen so far, it's, it's anything but. But I, I do believe that if we can somehow pull this off, we'll end up, I believe, playing most likely it'll be a Parramatta semi-final. We beat them a couple of weeks ago. And then we're into, you know, into the real business end of the season. Mm. All right, Mike, I appreciate you jumping on the line, mate. Good luck tomorrow against the Chooks. And uh, hopefully uh, for you boys, uh, good luck in the finals. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers. There he is, Mike Stevenson. And you can um, hear a lot more of Mike on the Green Machine podcast. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. You got to know when the whole Never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Yes, you do. Got to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, when to run. It's been a long season, a fun and enjoyable season for the boys uh, all uh, from Fantasy League. And uh, now to talk about uh, fantasy football, the final round is Josh Corby from uh, the Talking League podcast. Josh, welcome back, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, Chris. Uh, just uh, limping into the last round with the mass restings. <laughs> It's uh, absolute chaos in the fantasy footy world. We'll talk about that in just a moment, how that does impact, because I imagine it has a, a lot of knock-on effects. Before we do, the big uh, the big talking point right throughout the week has been the uh, the Latrell-Mitchell incident. Um, how did you see it? Uh, your thoughts on that, um, the fallout, the, the, the criticism, and, and then also the reaction from uh, Roosters coach Trent Robinson? Yeah, it was good. I actually I enjoyed the the theatrical side of things with the coach uh, coming in and just giving a bit more than the old cliches that they usually do in their mm. after match press conference. I I sort of tend to um, uh, yeah, I think he's hard done by. To be honest, in a contact sport, it is hard to get it right sometimes when you you're going in to to try and get the edge over the opposition. Um, the injury to Manu definitely didn't help. It should have been a penalty, and he definitely was always going to get weeks. But, mm. uh, um, yeah, sort of, I don't know, there's, there's been plenty of talk from, from either side of the argument. But, I mean, where do you go mm. if uh, if you keep penalising uh, the contact of things when it, it, it is really a contact sport? Mm. Um, well, after Magic Weekend, uh, they, you know, they they changed the rules around all the suspensions, and the you know um, that definitely would have been a send off in round ten back then, and it probably should have been. The NRL has held its hand up, saying it should have been a send off, and players know that you know direct and forceful contact to the head, whether it's intentional or not, um, you're going to go, you're going to go for ten, or you're going to get sent off. Um, Fully. So uh, I, I'm a bit like you as well. I mean, I haven't got a problem with the way Latrell rushed in there. I mean, it is an aggressive, high collision contact sport. But I think um, I think at the end of the day, he probably needs to just rein things in a bit, make some adjustments, because he, he seems to be spending a, 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 too, far too much time on the sideline. And I think uh, Bunnies fans would probably um, probably echo those thoughts. Uh, at the end of the day. All right, let's move on then. Resting players, obviously it affects 
you guys are playing the fantasy league more than more than others. How do you deal with it? Yeah, well, I, I mean, last year, Melbourne and Raiders, I think it were, that rested almost all their team. And this year, a few more teams have jumped on board. I mean, Melbourne set the precedent and um, and they won the comp. So you've got to guess there's a little bit of merit to it. And I didn't think it was going to be such a big thing. But, um, yeah, it's always in the back of your head that it's going to happen. And if you put the, the coaching football hat on, you can totally understand it. Um, I mean, it makes sense. But, yeah, when it comes to the fantasy footy side, uh, it does hurt. And, and this year, more than any, with the suspensions, injuries, and the, and the limited trades, uh, it really has uh, hurt a few people. I mean, if you've got 14 people to play out of your 17 um, that you have to, to get your points, then you'd be pretty happy. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of people have got less than 14. Uh, you you think sides should be trotting out full strength teams in the final round of the season, or, or you can understand why the coaches are doing it and uh, they they have the prerogative to do that? Yeah, I mean it, it's starting to be a, a bit more of a thing. Like as I said, Melbourne did it, but now mm. you know multiple teams are doing it. Um, I don't know the AFL board in that rest round before the finals, and mm. I don't know whether it. It is a thing to maybe look at for the NRL to try and take it out and, and get more stars on the paddock. But, mm. um, yeah, it is a tough one because, you know, not that we're getting to go uh, to watch the footy as a crowd, but if you're even just watching a game of football at home, uh, you want to see the best players on there. Yeah, no, you do. Let me ask you another thing on, on another topic, away from Fantasy League and... Uh, you know, if you follow the English Premier League, you'll know that in the final round of the season, all the games are pretty much at the same time, aren't they? Um, the Super League, we used to do that too when I worked over there um, because you had relegation as well. It was called Shakedown Sunday, the final round. We weren't sure who was going to make the top six, I think it was back then, and what team was going to be relegated. So all the, t- all the games kicked off at the same time. So you don't know what's happening down the road. Um, all you have to focus on is winning your game. I think there might be some merit to that as well because there's going to be games over the weekend uh, and given results from previous matches already played, it's going to influence how these two teams go into it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that is another big one too because um, even in the fantasy football world, you've got to choose a captain which gets double points. And two of your big captains this week are Nathan Cleary and Tom Tabovic, who have been the two outstanding players you know, on the paddock and in the fantasy world. But lot you touched on there, if Melbourne win Friday uh, first game, the Eels playing a pretty substandard... Uh, Panthers playing a substandard mm. Eels team, yeah, why would you risk it? When it's a, a nothing mm. game, you've, you've locked in second place, and then Eagles, same thing. Well, there you go. If uh, results go their way and they have got fourth spot wrapped up with um, the Raiders and... Well, the Eels losing, mm, mm. Um, then yeah, the same thing there. So yeah, that that's another tricky one as well. Mm. Um, I guess it just falls in place and a bit of a luxury for those coaches to um, to sort of <laughs> wait and see what the results are beforehand and, mm. and rest some of their players. And, and, and again, other, you, yeah. you know, yeah. So the other thing, the other thing too is, is betting as well. Yeah, betting markets. It 
A lot rides on it. A lot rides on it. I, I think it. I think it might be worth the NRL thinking about. Um, call it Shakedown Sunday. Call it what you want. All games being played at the same time. Very difficult though with the with the TV rights, etc. All right, let's get back to uh, to what you're on about. Really, is the fantasy league big week for those chasing overall honours? Also, grand final week um, for a chosen few. We'll make it quick. If you have got some trades left, where do you go? Who's the one must-have player, Josh, for the final round? Oh, I think um, Nathan Cleary. If he, you'd sort of hope um, if uh, that Melbourne can win, or um, yeah, I'm not sure if, if Para can actually give them a, a shake just with their team. But Nathan Cleary against a pretty ordinary uh, Eels or reserve grade Eels team would be a good one if you could afford him. Uh, Brian, Brian Toto or Angus Crichton, a couple of others that would be pretty handy to get in this week. But uh, like I touched on before, mm. if you can get just any playing, um, any players that are actually playing this weekend and field the 17, uh, yeah, you're probably a, a step ahead to a majority of the competition. Mm. You had your pod, your podcast, did your awards night last night, I understand. Uh, how, did, yeah. how did it go? Give me some recap. Yeah, we. Um, I think it was 10 awards all up. Um, a lot of the awards uh, reflected the highest point scores, but which also reflected the better players. So Tom Tabojevic was uh, cleaned up quite a few awards, Nathan Cleary in the halves and, and so on. We actually, the two... Sort of big awards was the the dud of the year, the Gus Gould no no no, and it's yeah, got the, the sound over. <laughs> and uh, then your old man, the um, how good is this bloke, the stud of the year, okay. um, which yeah. went to Tom Trevojevic and James Roberts. Those two dud of the year went to James, yeah. so I'm assuming. Mm? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah so James no, Roberts no, no. Okay, and the, how good is this man? Is uh, Tommy Turbo? Yeah, yeah, Tommy Turbo. He he pipped. Um, Nathan Cleary there, mm. oh, I think it was about 5% of votes. But, yeah, they pretty mm. much shared majority of the voting in that one as well. We don't have a big forum of voters for our award. Um, basically, it's me uh, and, uh, and and this bloke <laughs> in the studio with me at the moment, Mad Russian. We're, we're the uh, the voters. Now, our listeners sometimes send some texts through. So we've got our Rocket Man Awards. Um, you know, Rocket Man, the, the great song, Elton John's um, famous song. He's, I under, well, we're trying to get Elton out here for the uh, awards night. Um, but with COVID, yeah. you know, we're, doing, we're doing our level best to get Elton out here. Uh, we've got a bron- bronze statue of Elton and um, yeah. holding his balls, holding his, his students. <laughs> so that's what our, our Dallium equivalent goes to. But Tommy Turbo's way out in front. Um, James Tedesco is in second position, but a whole lot of work for him to do. So anyway, keep your eyes peeled on this, and we might be able to get Elton out here. Um, as I say, I'll, I'll keep working towards that end. Josh, it's been a pleasure, mate, talking to you right throughout the season, and um, I've enjoyed it. I hope you have as well. Enjoy the finals. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, I've definitely uh, you've picked up an extra listener and fan <laughs> from my end, so it's been good in that regard. Awesome. Um, I enjoy listening and um yeah, thanks again for your time, mate. I've enjoyed it as well. Great stuff. There he is, Josh Corby from uh, the Talking League podcast.
Just about time for me to say farewell. Again, thanks to uh, to all our guests uh, this evening, those that have called in and those that have been part of the show via the text line. Uh, Mike from uh, from Canberra. Uh, also, 60s from the uh, the Eels and uh, cumberlandthrow.com.au and Josh Corby from uh, the boys from Talking League. Great to chat to all of you. I hope you enjoy the final round of the season, all beginning tomorrow. The Roosters take on the Raiders. It's must win for the Green Machine. Enjoy your weekend. I'll join you again from midday on Sunday.